0: Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, digging and scraping to find any silver lining in Tech's loss at Iowa State. And also, why must we tinker with the NCAA tournament? We're into it next on Locked On Texas Tech.
1: You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Right!
0: Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be back with you. Welcome back to the LBK after a trip to Ames, Iowa, where unfortunately the Red Raiders fall 82-74 to against Iowa State. You get out there on the floor, you see Warren Washington in a boot, and you know it's going to be a tough sled to try and pull off the improbable. Would have been tough anyway, even with Warren on the floor, but uh, always tough to get a win there at Hilton Coliseum. So Credit the Cyclones, but I got to tell you, given how the game progressed and we never saw any tap out from Texas Tech, I think I'll have a little credit to spare for the Red Raiders also uh, working shorthanded. And another one of those games, and I hate to be the guy whose expectation maybe is just too low. This is not participation trophy time or anything like that. But another one of those games where I'm thinking, wait, uh, how did we make this a little more interesting than maybe I anticipated? All for naught at the end of the day. I know it's an L. But all of that, I think, has to be included in our conversation.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned the word uh, sled. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a perfect segue for how freaking ridiculously cold it continues to be in that Middle America, man. I'm just telling you, I don't, I don't know how they do it, and they probably say the same about us in the summer when we're just rolling along at 105 for, you know, however long. Yeah, there's no rain in sight, and like, but pff, yeah we're good, man. I'm not melting. I'm good. There's AC, uh, you know, and all that, but I mean, forget, forget the temps there, man. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just dumb. It's what it is. Um, it's very frustrating to me (laughs) anyways. Um, uh, yeah. And I'll be back there and I guess, I don't know, what is that about six to seven months there? So I'm sure that, you know, the weather will absolutely cooperate then too. Um, yeah, you know, what's funny is, uh, I, um, the hardest part about what I do from what the tech football or or basketball broadcasts, is that it's fun at times. Uh, It can be very rewarding, but it's also very delicate or tricky or, or or hard sometimes too is that talking to the head coach after these games, which I'm asked to do for part of uh, the Learfield, the broadcast and stuff. And it's funny you say that about, uh, you know, like, man, you, you kept it close. You know, I thought the same. Grant McCaslin, however, uh, would like to take your wrist and mine and slap it and say, no, man, you know, um, because I used to, I used to do that with with Chris Beard, like, it, it, I never knew, and I remember Mike Leach being this way, too, but it's like you go in and you ask, like, something positive, and it's like they really are going to choose to be, like, frustrated or kind of like, yeah. like, dude, what do you? You know, we just got beat, or, or, you know, there's nothing positive here, or you ask something semi, they construe as negative, and they're like, dude, man, we just played one of the best teams in the country. Like, <laughs> right. so you, you, you never know; it's a moving <laughs> target. Yeah. And uh, and I, I lay that one up to Grant uh, after the game because I, I thought the same. Sitting there on the broadcast, you're down 21 with 11 to go. I'm just remembering PTSD from last year when you lost by 34 and you just got ran out. You just kind of shut it down and quit coasted whatever and you did not do that in this one in fact it actually got rather you know tense and i don't know if i state ever felt really nervous uh but you, you you hit a couple of shots on a couple of possessions there at the tail end and it's like uh-oh like you, you start to make them sweat a little bit and you know you couldn't quite get over the hump there was a technical foul and all that but bottom line is i thought your kids did they didn't quit they competed their tail off it's a credit to grant I kind of lobbed that up uh, to him after the game in a in a shortened version, and he looks right at me. He's like, "Well, Chris, as you know, we didn't come here to play close." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, Coach, I, that's fair." Uh, and then and, and I was like, "Gosh, dang it! What I just I screwed up, you know?" <laughs> so, but, but to his credit, he's not about that man. But I, I I do agree with you, and I think I think the the No Warren and the Robert and the Kyron because you only played seven guys here they go for 19 nine and a couple of blocks there's no way warren was going to give you those numbers i wouldn't have thought uh if so it would have been one of his best games but that's what that duo gave you and i guess my point is i think that's got a chance to pay some dividends for you down the stretch here um if in, in tournament play and foul trouble and all these different things because I think you're getting some quality minutes from those cats. Uh, and you've done it against two of the best teams in the league in Waco and in uh, in Ames.
0: Yeah, and I would just say uh I understand from a coach's perspective uh why you would want to take the route that that he took, obviously. Uh from a podcast host perspective, we're not we're not obligated to like motivate anybody or keep right. anybody's edge to them. So we're trying to paint the full picture, and there's no way around the fact that You did keep it close when I didn't expect that. And uh, nobody is, well, i once had one of the few coherent things Billy Gillespie said to me while he was in town was that nobody has ever risen to low expectations. So we understand all of those things, but I don't think there's any harm in commenting on the fact that you did go play in a way that I think you can be proud of, even if you're taking the yell. And, you know, really at the end of it, I'm talking with some friends I'm watching the game with, Chris, you know, there's the Warren Washington factor. Like, man, if Washington is on the floor, what does the score look like? And I I had to even turn away from that and say, if Pop Isaacs is not two for 11, what does this score look like? So I don't know, you know, on the less rosy side, I don't know what you've got to do to get Pop out of this funk. But there are a lot of points left on the floor there without Washington even having to be out of the boot that could have made the game a little bit different down the stretch. So credit the fight, sure. But obviously, plenty of things to pick apart as to why you wound up taking the loss.
1: Yeah, you know, and I don't uh I, I think pop is is you know, it's been about a three-game slump. It was those two home games uh in uh you know between Central Florida and Kansas and then obviously the the the, the trip to Ames, he just hasn't shot the ball well. And I remember back in this was really what we saw in much of November and then early December, and then like he kind of just started to figure it out in early december and he had the game winner there in the Mahamas. and then he he really had this long stretch where i mean he 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 was being very consistent and it was joe toussaint who was you know kind of you know carrying you early and then he kind of had dipped and now joe toussaint you look up uh yeah. you know the you know the other day and he's got what did he score 16 points yeah. uh, or something it was your leading score and he started to score a bit you need to get both of those guys going at the same time goes without saying but I'm not I think yeah no Warren and Pop going two for 11 and you lose by eight to what many people think is a potentially a final four team maybe the big 12 champ uh on their court I I mean I I don't when you when you add all that context to it, it it just continues to tell me that either we continue to kind of underrate your team or that we, that that they're just continuing to be very good and competitive. And, and, and again, we, we all know the weaknesses. We know the lack of depth. We know lack of size. There are multiple times. You're going to get it again uh, tomorrow night against TCU, but there are multiple times uh, on the broadcast and we just, you kind of look out there and you go, Iowa state is bigger than you at all five positions. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's there's just a lot of times in the Big Twelve, where that ball just kind of goes up the air, whether it be a rebound or loose ball, and and everybody's looking up, and it, it's it's just you know you're you're it's a jump contest, and you lose those, you know, and it's science, you know. I mean, you've got guys that can jump and and all those things, but it just comes down to like six four jumping against six seven sometimes, you know, or right. or whatever, and it's frustrating. But you get you get outsized a lot, and uh, that's part of no Cambridge, and then obviously no part of no Warren, and and they will address that in the off season. But you know, it's the, these are the kinds of positionless teams that you really struggle against, uh, and 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 with the matchups and all those things. But uh, yeah, man, I, I I appreciated the the fight, I appreciated the the no give up, uh, all all of those things. That'll take you a long way, not just this season, but in life in general because I've seen other teams just go you know what man not today man uh y'all do whatever you want down there we may or may not stop you in fact it may look like an NBA all-star game I don't know um but that that, that was not what these guys were, were gonna do and and I think it's a credit to seriously it's a credit to like their culture and then what grant is building because he just wasn't gonna let up so much so that I'm gonna I'm gonna be pissed off for greatness enough that you, you're gonna tee me up because I don't agree with the way you you're calling it and uh and all that so well
0: that's one thing that stood out to me first Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And if you've got a small business looking to hire new employees, you're hoping for the biggest pool of top tier candidates possible. And that's exactly why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has all the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free all on one easy to use and secure platform. And LinkedIn isn't just another job board. They've got a far reaching network of more than a billion professionals and hiring the best becomes easy when you have that many qualified candidates so easy that 86 percent of small businesses get a qualified candidate within only 24 hours with all the hats you wear as a business owner the time or resources to hire quality candidates can be hard to come by but linkedin carries the load for you with the quick easy and intuitive process so post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free today with linkedin jobs terms and conditions apply well that's one thing that stood out to me and i think part of the reason as to why you can't take your foot off the gas at any point in the game if you're on the floor because uh, your head coach is over there like on the verge of spontaneous combustion sometimes. <laughs> the energy on the sideline, I'm I'm just liking uh compared to what we got. And I know everybody's got their own way to skin the cat, so I'm not saying you have to be this way. Uh, But, you know, Mark Adams, very reserved, <laughs> to say the least, for the most part, on the sideline. And, uh, you know, even going back to the Kansas game or some of these games uh, where you've been able to get a win, the Oklahoma game, uh, I, I like to see your coach really at a 10 of 10 at all points. Minute number one. Minute number 39, it seemingly does not matter. That dude is running hot uh, the entire time. And I like to see that. So, yeah, you can't really be down on the team as far as any effort or fight or competitiveness is concerned. I guess we can be mad at them that they uh, refuse to grow. Like we've been asking them to grow, <laughs> been asking them to grow all year long, and we hadn't gotten many results out of that. But uh, it is what it is. There is some credit for Texas Tech in some of those intangible areas. Obviously, there's a really, really ugly area that we got to get to. I suppose, you know, given the context of facing Iowa State and what they've done to some other teams, does 16 turnovers not seem that bad? <laughs> it's not 30. Yeah, right. 16 times you're giving it away, Chris. And not just those turnovers. I, I Maybe it's just standing out to me in a weird way, but like 50-50 balls. How many times did, did you knock the ball out under the goal and it's going the other way? I mean, I just... There were so many of those where it just seemed like, man, there's like too much bacon grease on the fingers or something from breakfast. It was just kind of weird as far as some of those dice rolls with some of those fifty-fifty balls as well that uh, Texas Tech wasn't able to bring in.
1: Well, there was there was a couple of unforced uh, unforced errors, if you will, where you just can't even play catch. Um, yeah. <laughs> or or you're trying to you're trying to throw a pass you know, that's a bit further than you would used to be throwing it or not exactly throwing a strike and it's a bit off target. And, and, and then it, you just, you just drop it. But th- there was a couple times where you just cross half court and I think it was involving like between pop and Darian Williams and pop and, and then somebody else one time where you just like, it's like, dude, I, I mean, it was right. In my, But I, I think it's the, the environment's difficult, uh but it's, it's how much they pressure the ball. And like this isn't a full court press outfit uh that is Iowa State, but they pressure the ball when it crosses half court, they they are playing defense and and then they you don't know when the trap is coming. So you start seeing ghosts a little bit, and they really like if you if you kind of edge to one of those corners when you cross half court, that's when they want get, to get after you. And I think that's part of so you just feel sped up. You know, you feel sped up, and then you're 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 like looking up. It, it's almost like football, like the receiver that like drops it, but is looking for the defender uh, and going to make a miss. But you got to catch the ball first. And I think some of that happened because you start anticipating. Okay, as soon as I catch this, so I got two guys on me, uh, and and where am I going to go with it if they do trap me? Where do I need to? Because they had preached get rid of the ball, like don't let it stick. It's got to move, and you start to anticipate and then you can't do something as simple as... It's a credit to Iowa State, though, that you, you just had a couple of unforced errors. Shockingly, though, your turnover number was is fairly low compared to what they've done to a lot of these teams. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and you're, you're averaging, what, about 12 a game, and you only are four over that? But, but where, where it just crushed you was that points off of turnover stat. I've never seen this. We'll never see it again, probably. <laughs> Four touchdowns to nothing. Yep. 28 points to zero and zero. points off of turnovers. That's where they won this game. And they won it in the first half. They kept you at arm's length until it got a bit tenuous for them, anyway, at the tail end when you were keeping it close, uh, which is not what Grant showed up to do and what he told <laughs> me. Yeah, like it's not what we rolled up here to do, man. But th- they just, they scored every single time that they turned you over. And that was the, the problem and why they had built a double-digit lead and just felt comfortable much of this game because they were
0: punishing you every time you made a mistake. And that happens on a day where somehow, you know, another statistical column is much better than I anticipated, you know, battling on the glass. I, and again, with Warren Washington in a boot, I mean, you lose that by one. And I know that obviously some rebounding statistics can be uh, a little misleading as far as just who has more. But I, I mean, if there was ever a day where I'm thinking, all right, should be a pretty wide margin there. Somehow that goes the other way. So I don't know. Basketball can be a funny game, but uh, credit Iowa State. They're a really good basketball team. And yeah, that defense is like as suffocating as Alzenberger's polo. I mean, I don't think that there's anything tighter. It's the defense and it's the polo from Baby Gap that he's rocking over there. Is he an Ed Lee, son? I don't know, man. Lay off the dumbbells, buddy. Um, Yeah, he wears a a (laughs) medium. Hey, and this guy. Now, I know that Gilbert's a story with 24 for Iowa State, but you're talking about some of the margin there in the first half that they were establishing. Mom Silovic makes me want to recruit Wisconsin or Minnesota or wherever this cat's from. (laughs) It's not Eastern Europe. Somebody probably along the line was. But uh, this dude was like doing a Luka Doncic impression. I mean, in the first half. Some of those shots that he was knocking down, I'm like, okay. I don't know if this is going to be our day or not.
1: And he's 18 years old. Like I, wow. I, I was talking to the Iowa State announcers, you know, the, the radio guys before the, you know, way before we everybody went on the air and everything. And I was like, if y'all are trying to tell me that uh, Milan, which is his first name, is is 18 years old, I was like, y'all are kidding yourselves. <laughs> like, I mean, you go sell that to somebody else, but I'm not, I'm not buying it. Uh, he's 18 years old. Crazy. He's six foot eight, uh, about 220. And yeah, he he's got the the Dirk or the Luca thing where he just kinda when he can't get a shot, he's just gonna shoot it over you because he plays the he plays like a small forward. And so with who's typically guarding him, I mean, like there were times where Chance McMillan's guarding him. I mean, that's that's what I'm talking about, like the size disadvantage. It's like chance is like got his hand, like, you know, trying to but you're just looking up and if he's gonna make those difficult ones and he missed quite a few of them, but yeah, he made some of them too, but yeah, as he grows, and you know, it's an interesting fit for such a defensive outfit like, like, uh, Coach Otzenberger's Iowa State Cyclone team because it's, you know, it, he's very offensive minded. Uh, but I think they've got him playing, you know, above average defense. And, you know, and it's, it, it's Taman Lipsy that has really been the head of the snake for them. But it was, you, you're right, as mentioned, Keyshawn Gilbert, who was a UNLV transfer. It's where, uh, coach Otzelberger used to coach at as an assistant, so they're, they're going to be a handful, and they're, they're going to be a team that you you hear from. And when you start filling out your bracket, man, well, I'd, I'd pay attention to Iowa State because you can't replicate what they do. Really, the size and the ball pressure that they give you when when you're uh, when you get out there, and they just that's why they just beat up teams in the first half, and they kind of hold on. That's really been the mo, you know, for what they do because they jump on you. And it takes a while for you to like, you know, bob and weave. And then, okay, I'm, I'm going to hang in here, stand in eight count, but I'm not going down. But TCU couldn't come back. Texas Tech the other day couldn't come back. Um, you know, Houston couldn't come back uh, much earlier in the conference
0: season. Uh, so this is kind of the, their recipe. Man, yeah, Gilbert, uh, I don't know who else went nuts in the Big 12 conference over the weekend, but he's got a player of the week kind of line against Texas Tech. 24 points, eight rebounds, five assists, no turnovers. Uh, that's going to cook just about 10 times out of 10. And how about our guy, Darion Williams, uh, with a double-double, 12 points, 11 rebounds for him. a few Three minutes. In a row. That's right. Kind of thinking, well, to start the game, I'm like, all right, I guess he decided he's not going to miss for this one. As well. There's only one <laughs> thing left to do. we got to make the whole thing. He almost went Jake Taylor on us there, but uh was a valiant effort. And this guy, like some others, Chris, I said this about Robert Jennings a couple of weeks ago. I know there are still going to be many ebbs and flows left within this season, or hopefully as you get into postseason play. Uh, but it really seems like Williams is is surging at the right time of the year.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, he's starting to hit a level of consistency that coaches just love um, because I know what I'm getting from my guys, and and at a time where maybe like a pop is starting to struggle because I, I just looked it up while we're sitting here talking like pop is five for 33 from the field in his last three, you know, he's getting decent looks sometimes, but again, he'll be fine. He, he'll shoot his way out of it. And that's what it's just kind of what, but you know, Darion on the other hand is like, he's really hot right now and he's in a rhythm and he's very consistent. And he just kind of smiles and just shakes his head when one of these go in, and uh, I mean, it just cracks me up, you know. And I I thought, okay, is he going to keep doing this? Uh, But uh, because his first, technically, his first miss didn't even count the other day because he got fouled on it. Uh, He got two free throws, Uh, but I'm just like, this, it's it's crazy because now he's on, he's on every scouting report possible. Like teams are like talking about him a lot, going, don't let him catch the ball here. Uh, pressure him there and yet he's still able to produce but it's his work on the glass it's been as impressive
0: as anything all right well they're back at United Supermarkets Arena for the next go-around and we'll be back on the other side to get you set for Red Raiders and Horn Frogs but to wrap up our conversation today Chris uh, speaking of the postseason just a minute ago First today's episode brought to you by FanDuel and the sports calendar keeps turning and the action never stops with America's number one sports book and the official sports book of Locked On and right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet that's 150 bucks if your bet Hits. There are so many ways to spice up any action with their safe, secure, and easy-to-use apps. So get to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And if you're a new customer, take advantage of $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet with FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Official partner of the NBA. I guess this is now just going to become a yearly conversation that we have until he actually blow up the whole damn thing. I'm about to go Charlton Heston on these guys and start pounding my fist in the sand. You maniacs! Are you really going to do it? NCAA tournament expansion conversation has circled back around once again. Some thoughts from Brett Yormark this previous week on the matter. And it really is part of a bigger picture jockeying for position, right, Chris? Among basically the SEC, Big Ten, the ACC, and the Big 12 Conference. And I don't know the ins and outs of You know, some of what will happen or some might not happen. But I think I know that still as I sit here today as a basketball fan, I'm opposed to tournament expansion kind of in a blanket general way. How do you feel about that? And then we'll get into some of what uh, Commissioner Yormark and others have had to say about it.
1: Well, and and, but I mean, here's what you've got. Um, There is a lot of... uh, Conversation about uh, you know the new media rights deal that was kind of agreed to, but it's not official for the college football playoff. Even though we don't have a format, we don't even know what we've they agreed to. But here's all the billions of dollars we're gonna uh, give you guys to to air it. But we don't know the format. We don't know shrink it, expand it, uh, keep it the same, all, all those things. And you know, you've got the the Big Ten commissioner and the SEC commissioner, kind of you know, with this kind of duo going. We just want to make sure everything's right. Well, we, we can all, we're all smart enough to understand uh, what the dynamic is there, is that I think they want to potentially leverage this a little bit to where their leagues benefit uh, financially. Uh, otherwise, uh, more access to to said playoff, which basically equals more money and, and all that. And and I and I get it. Uh, I, I I think they're trying to say the right things. They're like, no, this isn't. We we want it to be right. We want it to be fair. We don't. Want, we're not trying to squeeze anybody out. However, we just want it to be right. They keep pointing to that, and you're kind of like, I don't trust you. you know, I just don't. I <laughs> yeah. uh, know what your little game is. So so with all of that, the the future of of the the, the football championship has yet to really be decided. Past what twenty six get all these talks in the last week or so about the NCAA tournament. And, yeah, I noticed that uh, Brett Yormark had commented on it. Bottom line is this. Whereas the SEC wants to look at it and say, we deserve extra uh, bids into the at-large pool for the the college football playoff. And some years, I I don't disagree with that. I think Brett Yormark is saying, why – why didn't uh you know an eight and ten Oklahoma State team last year make it in? You know, we let West Virginia in at 7-Eleven. Like we, we need we need more of these. So the big T- the Big 12 should get more because this is hit, these are his cards to play. Yeah. And, and it's all about money for the league. It's all about like, you know, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the hits here. And right now I've got a hit in Big 12 basketball and I'm gonna play the hits. And if you're gonna leverage me here, I'm gonna leverage you there. And like it all comes down to revenue and money. And all those things. And he's playing to his strengths right now. Like he can't really play a lot of cards when it comes to the football playoff, other than we, we think y'all will be fair and we understand. And, you know, but we'll, ultimately you're going to kind of take what you get. Uh, but in this case, like I think he can push and demand and squeeze. And again, he's, he knows that he's sitting on a probably a better league next year than what he's got this year. So I think he's trying to. Yep. You know, he's trying to play those cards right now. And I think he probably has a point.
0: I think it's very difficult to, well, to to swallow in some ways, though, because when you're talking about, and essentially the gist is that, and in part Brett Yormark said that, that he wants to see the best teams competing for the championship. He did as an aside, and he said, I don't know if that's currently happening as far as the basketball tournament is concerned. I I just don't know how to really process that because I feel like when you've got a field of 60-plus the best teams are competing for a national championship. When you have a field of four in a college football playoff or previously two in like a BCS or media national championship type of era, well, obviously, all the best teams are not competing for a national championship. And spare me, the regular season is our playoff. (laughs) Don't even go down that road. That is an asinine thought. So he's playing his cards. I don't know if it's going to be, at the end of the day, more of a bluff than actually holding something, however. Um, And again, as a fan, just in general, I don't want to see things, you know, further watered down. I guess if there was expansion consideration and it was only for, say, a power four type of member or power five, I don't even know what we say in basketball season. Seems like they always want to switch it up. And I'm not talking to you, American Athletic Conference you're still not in this. I know you try to slip in there. It's a power six. It's a power seven. No, no, no. We're not talking to you guys, but this kind of seems like, I mean, we know how this stuff starts, Chris. It's like, first time you hear this conversation, oh, that's crazy. They won't do that. Then the next year it comes back around. Wait, reenlightenment enlightenment expansion still going on? Then the next year, oh, it's already happened. So these things become very, very real. and It kind of feels that way with this tournament expansion conversation, but I guess only time will tell. Uh, we know how many spots are going to be involved this time around but uh don't blame commissioner Yormart for trying to play the cards obviously that he's got dealt
1: yeah i mean again that's that's what it comes down to he's trying to play to his strengths and i don't i don't dispute his stance uh i think that you know he's going to continue to be outspoken there not that he wants to destroy the beautiful thing that is the NCAA tournament he's fighting for his league and he's yeah. ultimately fighting for you know, relevancy and more, more revenue for his, which is his job. This is his, the, the the task that he was given by the folks that he works for. And I think he's trying to leverage, you know, his strengths, which we all should uh, attempt to do, but uh, we'll see what happens. If
0: anything, uh, whether it be soon or off into the distance. All right, we'll be back on the other side, getting ready for Red Raiders and Horton Frogs. Chris, uh, as Texas Tech tries to bounce back at home, man, appreciate the time and looking forward to it.
1: Yep, looking forward to it as well. Uh, keep hope alive, everybody, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed uh, President's Day, or you will enjoy it. Kind of an off day for some, maybe not others. Uh, shout out to Ronald Reagan back in the day, uh, the goat. As far as I'm concerned, just my opinion. Don't 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 hit me with any disagreements. Um, You're not a Van Buren guy. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, I've exhausted my presidential knowledge, really. We can't go very long. Yeah, we're just, we're being honest. Yeah, so anyways, no, I appreciate it. Uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody.
0: Might as well throw out a shout out for James K. Polk as well uh, while we're at it. And uh, that Garfield, you had to love that Garfield. Who doesn't love a Jolly Tubby guy? Okay, for Chris, I'm Casey. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. Thanks for being out there and hope to see you back for the next round of Locked on Texas Tech.